0: a selfless position uh, you know fullback you know, it's, it's all dirty work i mean there's no real glory and he's not really getting the ball and carries and you know not i threw it i definitely throw it to him um but being a lead blocker really sets the tone for uh, for the offense it's a very valuable position and uh anyone that can create holes and that physical style toughness in the run running is really important us. three tight ends including haidner Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Piled track. in for the touchdown. What a quick second. Oh, here comes the. Oh, here comes the. Oh, here comes the. Oh, here comes the, oh, here comes the Hey everybody and welcome to big episode number five of the fantasy fullback dive uh, as we dive into our third season. I of course am your host Nat the Truth Jones with me as always the wolf of Rotor Street himself and we are going to be diving into the wolf's big board for the second episode. Uh, you know we intended to hit the big board pretty hard a couple episodes ago it was a you know pretty well received show uh, we only got through 20 spots. Because the wolf and I, the wolf and I, tend to have kind of contentious interactions (laughs) when this goes on. But anyway, how you doing, Wolf? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, it's been put on hot because we've had some great interviews. Obviously,
1: George Bremer for the uh, the Colts talking about Frank Reich, breaking down all that great stuff. So that was fantastic. Uh, But man, I I re-listened to that podcast today to get ready for our next debate going through whoever the next 20, 30. I don't want to set a limit because last time we said we're going to get through the whole big board and we got through 20, like you said. Uh, But I've been rearing to go. I re-listened to it and I was just like, this is some great stuff. So I can't wait to dive back in, see who you're disagreeing with. We can talk about who I'm higher on and lower on than the experts. All that good stuff. Who knows how many names, maybe the next 30 to get through 50. Sounds like a good round number but we might get through five people and realize we have a show so who knows but I can't wait
0: yeah uh, you've been watching any Winter Olympics the closing ceremony I think was yesterday it's, it's done
1: yeah I, I mean I've
0: I, it's background
1: noise for me while we're playing you know Settlers of Catan or whatever game is going on I'm not a diehard with the winner I love the curling if I said any sport was the most interesting to me uh, but I never stayed up for any of like the huge you know woman's hockey goal it's no, awesome the highlights that. looked great but I, I just I haven't been getting too into it. No, how about you? Are you are you diehard?
0: I'm not a diehard. I mean, you know, we make a point of watching like the opening ceremony with with like our kids uh, yeah. because it's like you know it's pretty spectacular. And the opening ceremony is always really good, no matter. Fantastic. what. Fantastic. Um, and so that was great. That didn't disappoint. And I mean, other than that, I'm not really too into the Winter Olympics. It's not like I don't yeah. watch it much. There are a couple events that I saw that were that. Are just second to none, just amazing. Like the uh, like what? the the hardcore like cross country ski guys and women are just yeah. they have to be like the best athletes in the world. Like my I dad the Sam exact thing. Yeah. I they it boggles the mind. Like yeah, you know the I, you know if you if you like said like somebody was like the Tom Brady of cross country skiing, <laughs> he, he would have to be just the most amazing person. I mean, I would collapse after like you know, a quarter mile of doing this. These guys go like, I don't know, 15, 20 miles, like uphills, downhills. And then they, they combine that with shooting for the biathlon. So they'll go like, they'll go like three miles and then just have to whip out a gun and shoot five targets in a row. And if you miss a target, you have to go around this penalty track a bunch of times. It was, I watched an oh. entire biathlon race, which I've never done before. And it was like, an hour long or something like that and it literally came down to two guys sprinting on cross country skis That's at the sick. end and one guy won by like six inches and wow. It was like it was about as hyped up as I've been for a Winter Olympics uh, event ever.
1: Imagine being that loser too, just six inches away after this whole hour long, just grind and grueling. You you go from gold to silver because of six inches. Oh, that yeah. must be just
0: hard. You know, I'm I'm interested what you think about this because I've heard many things for years now, and I've seen tons of articles this year about it. How uh, it's worse to win the silver than the bronze. Like people tend to be pretty worked up about it because if you're in a tournament or something like that, you're the only one up on the podium whose last game was a loss. Right.
1: Yeah, your first second's the first loser, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I... I'd rather be second than third, so I would still take the silver over the bronze, but I can see that just especially in an event like that where you're that close 6, six inches behind after a hour long just pure grind. Yeah. That would be just devastating. I'd rather come in like a distant third than like a 6 inch second place. Yeah, second I'd place. rather
0: come in a distant third or if you if it's like boxing or something and you get the silver but like you got knocked unconscious by the guy, <laughs> guy in the final like in 30 seconds into the fight. Right. You probably not right. going to take yeah. a ton of consolation and well at least I was second. Anyway. Right, exactly Alright, yeah. uh, so we're going to take a quick break We're going to come back We're going to try to hit the next 30 or so spots On the Wolf's revamped 2018 Way too early, or maybe not quite early enough Big board, right after this So many events the Olympics don't make sense to me. I don't understand their connection to any reality Like, uh, like in the Winter Olympics They have that biathlon, you know that one That combines cross-country skiing With shooting a gun How many Alpine snipers Are into this? A ski, shoot a gun, ski, bang, bang, bang. So to it me, it's like combining swimming and a guy. Why don't we have that? That makes absolutely as much sense to me. Just put people in the pool at the end of each lane for the swimmers. You know, I was having an interesting conversation with my wife, uh, you know, maybe a week or two ago, and she was going on about how much she hates the Patriots and about how much she hates Tom Brady and about how much she hates Gronk. And you know, I, I certainly love to fuel that fire. But, of course. But when she said that, I said, listen, you know, I, I, I'm not a fan of these guys either. But, you know, I had Gronk on my fantasy football team this year and he was a big part of me winning, you know, the, the title, which was a big deal. Got me a little bit of money and, and you know, made me probably a lot better to be around like for oh, you know the next six, eight months or whatever. And she yeah. just turns to me and she just goes, that doesn't make me like Gronk more. It makes me like you less. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, that's a great line. It's such yeah. an Anna line too. Yeah, I she's think. That's, she's that's
0: you know. She comes that's, out that's she great. comes out with a good one every now and then. She hasn't that's, lost that's she point. hasn't lost the wit. Anyway. <laughs> Makes me uh,
1: like you less. Yeah, yeah I feel mean, like that's about everybody in their opinion about me and fantasy football since it's literally the only conversation I can carry. It's everybody hates me because of fantasy football, except for those like three glorious summer months where I'm like the most popular guy at the bar because everyone sure. just wants to talk fantasy. And then, uh, then uh, and other than you know, those
0: months, people like kind of inch away. They're like, oh, geez, he's going to talk your ear off about. You know,
1: yeah, Todd Haley. Like, why right. is the wolf coming up to me and talking about Todd Haley? It's February. Get a fucking life
0: wolf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but here They'll we go. They'll see. They'll see. We're gonna, you know.
1: That's why you're here. You're my you're my one person who'll listen you're to me for like forty board. minutes
0: straight oh, in a sure. week. That's, that's all I get I'd you. listen to you longer than that if I didn't have stuff to do. I'd have no <laughs> problem having this conversation two, three hours at a time. You that's know, I'm a little best. bummed uh because I, I started asking you, and I, I know I promised the people at home that we were about to get into the big board, but I have been known to lie. Uh, I, I asked you about this alpha wolf female that you were, uh, uh, and in, in last and in last show you were like, no, 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 we got George Bremer on the show. We're trying to keep it classy. I'm not going to yeah. talk to you about it. Is this you know? Is this something that we don't have time for today? Or can you fill us in? I mean, the wolf had a had a date with a with a female wolf. Yeah, I
1: mean, so that this one, I, normally I would cut it off because we have big board to dig into, but this one's actually a pretty relatively short story. That's fine. In that uh, she – so she – her name on Tinder was Alpha Wolf, and of course I took exception to that and said, sure. you know, I run a blog and my name is The Wolf, so I consider The Gauntlet Laid. She instantly throws her number out says, this is the fastest I've ever given out my number. So I was like, wow, impressive stuff. Uh, I don't usually get those type of results on Tinder or anything in life. Uh, Still (laughs) still, got a little bit. Maybe she'll talk some Todd Haley with me. Who knows? Uh, You (laughs) should have just responded with, so what do you think about Todd Haley? Yeah, exactly right you think you're a real wolf tell me about Josh Gordon this year under Todd Haley no, which he's gonna blow up <laughs> by the way uh, but regardless uh, you know we started chatting I sent her a couple wolf howling you know memes and stuff but she just couldn't get you know I would never secede that I am the alpha wolf that's my name that's what I've been bred upon and she's like look I, if you're gonna be all you know then it started coming out like she couldn't handle somebody being the alpha she needs to be the alpha she's gonna steal all my stuff and piss on my floor to deal <laughs> establish her dominance (laughs) and all this stuff and i was just like it it started being one of those ones where you might send one text and you'll get 18 back oh yeah you know this girl's running around calling herself alpha wolf she's saying she's gonna piss on my stuff as funny as this is as entertaining as this gets i don't even know if i want to meet up with her so that one kind of fizzled out unfortunately but yeah
0: that's a great story though i mean yeah no fantastic i mean good job not giving in if you had just been like okay fine you can be the alpha wolf and then um, you, and net- you let her pee all over your stuff. Uh, it'd be embarrassing. Yeah, be you embarrassing. Know, a couple of
1: years ago, maybe I would have. But since the the blog, as soon as the wolf dominance has been established, I cannot let that That's go true. without.
0: Pre Roto Street, you'd be covered in piss right now. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, no but post Roto Street, you're far too respectable. Knows, <laughs> and with that said, ladies and gents, and I want to be clear: uh, the the wolf. Yeah, excellent. Our is second to none. I, uh, the wolf has updated the 2018 big board. This is not, this is not your father's big board, first of all. Alright, I'm actually looking at the revamped big board, which was just updated like an hour ago, because this is just what the wolf does. He never sleeps. Or I, mean, I think, I think when he sleeps, it's like his eyes are open and kind of the hair is bristling on the back of his neck. So, you're not actually sure he's sleeping. You got it's oh, like, and No one's gonna roll the dice, like you know, step into the wolf when he might be awake, might be sleeping. Anyway, the, the new big board is up. Uh, he's made some some changes. Um, if I get a couple things off by a spot or two and it's relevant, he'll crack me. If I'm off by one or two, uh, he probably won't. But seriously, check out the RSJ website, roadstreetjournal.com. Check out the 2018 Big Board. We got some other stuff, too. some articles on the coaching carousel, stuff like that. There's there's happenings going on, folks. And uh, we're covering them. And, you know, who else is? Nobody. Shit. Nobody worth anything anyway. Absolutely. Anyway, let's get into the Big Board. Uh, We're going to start with Tier 5, if you're following along on the site. If not, you should be. Uh, The last guy that we talked about was AJ Green. He rounded out the top, uh, the fourth tier. And I'm just going to read you the fifth tier right now for the Wolves board. Uh, and it has, is as follows. Uh, we got Devontae Freeman, who the Wolf has four lower than the ECR, Jordan Howard, um, hold on, I'm going to the correct board I want to make sure I'm getting these right Derrick Henry, uh, obviously mm-hmm. we have a lot to talk about with Derek Henry Devontae Adams, LaShawn McCoy Woefully low, Kenyon Drake <laughs> Travis Kelsey, Josh Gordon, T.Y. Hilton uh, Who we talked with George Bremer about So I don't know that Sometimes when the wolf talks to a beat guy uh, that affects how he feels about someone. We'll see if oh, that's that how always... he is about uh, Hilton, Zach Ertz, and Adam Thielen rounds out, uh, you know, the fifth tier. So that's our twenty-one through thirty-one overall guys on the big board. Um, you know, gut reactions when I see these things. Okay, Devontae Adams. I think you got him too high. I got okay. you got know, him at twenty-four. I just, uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's it's hard for me to go in on any of these Packers receivers. I know the ceilings are high, but. I just, you know, the the floors are are like really low. And so I don't know with with Rodgers having now missed a huge chunk of two different seasons. Um and you know, that's not even to say if these guys get injured. I'm not saying I wouldn't want DeVonte Adams on my team. I just think 24, man, you're talking about a second round pick uh mm-hmm. in a, in a 12 round, you know, in a 12 team league and I just don't think I could stomach spending that kind of a pick on him. And I see people below him I would rather have.
1: Well, I think Adams is a really interesting one to bring up because Mm -hmm. generally I would 100% agree with you, especially with Jordy Nelson, when you factor in the risk with Aaron Rodgers... You know, he goes down a an absolute ton when he loses Rodgers because Nelson doesn't quite gain the separation that Adams is capable of. That's more of a trust, like chemistry, sideline artistry. You need a guy that can pinpoint the ball. That's Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson. That's the chemistry between those two that just cannot be topped. Whereas Devontae Adams, as soon as the there was turnover and Brett Hundley came in, he was the go-to guy. He was still getting open. He was ripping people, uh, you know, yards after the catch, making end zone plays jump ball plays, just showing just an even more diversified game than he did the, the year before when he crushed it. He ended up finishing as the wide receiver 14 on the season, um, even more in terms of points per game because he missed a couple games. But he's got the floor. He's 15.9 points per game. So when you look at that, I'm just doing the math real quick. That's the you know top seven points per game. So if he didn't miss any time, top seven type of pace. So he absolutely ripped it. Uh, his floor, I think, actually scored more points with Hundley than he did with Rodgers so that's kind of what factors in for me too plus the idea that maybe he has indeed just taken over that number one role uh, and Jordy's going to now be the number two guy even if Rodgers is in there they gave him that huge contract extension which to me suggests yes this is our future this is our number one guy now we're moving forward you know Aaron Rodgers number one receiver has always been a top five fantasy guy every single year so that's kind of where it comes in for me either getting a top five guy because he's Aaron Rodgers number one, or you're still getting, you know, the he was the wide receiver 14 last year, number seven in points per game, whether it's Hunley or Rodgers. I see a high floor. I see a huge ceiling. I I really like Adams. I think he comes with huge upside.
0: Or you you get Aaron Rodgers there and Jordy Nelson remains the number one guy since he always has been with Aaron Rodgers. And you get a number two guy, albeit a very talented one and you know, as much as we'd like to, you can't just dismiss like, oh, he missed six games for injury, or whatever. So I'm just going to be like, oh, this is what he averaged in the games. It wasn't it's, six. It was well, only a couple couple how, games. Well, he did he did practically get killed on the football field this year. Like he he yeah. that was probably the worst hit I've seen just about anybody take all year. Yeah. Um. And I actually thought his career was over. So I was actually it pleasantly was surprised lot. to see him come back. Um. You yeah. know, and you actually have him four spots lower than the ECR. So you know, me saying that I think he's too high. Uh, you know, I'm I'm the one who's the outlier here, not you. Let's go to yeah. uh, McCoy. You've got him at 25, which is seven yep. lower than the ECR. They have him at 18. I'm definitely leaning way more towards the experts' consensus on this one. I cannot imagine. I mean, basically, what you're saying with McCoy. And it's not a crazy argument. I'm making your argument for you, I think. But you, you almost have to be anticipating an injury to be yep. to be putting him here. And it's not and a crazy exactly thing. It it's is. not a crazy thing to think. But we saw last year. I mean, he had. I mean, a couple of good games, but it never seemed to like break out or anything. And where did he finish? Like RB six or something. Like LaShawn McCoy is oh, yeah. a badass. And he and, he, and for Buffalo, I mean, he was pretty much their entire offense. If you're talking about a guy that is a team's entire offense that is going to yeah. get X number of touches a game and is a very good receiver and has breakaway speed and all that, I, I don't know how you can have him at 25 unless you're just like, he's going to get injured.
1: Yeah. And I think that's essentially the argument and that, that you boiled it down for me perfectly. I do think he's going to get injured. He's entering that dreaded age 30 with it's even worse when there's a, a ton of career mileage on him. Obviously, there's guys like Frank Gore still bucking the trend and McCoy could end up being that next Frank Gore for me that I've avoided for the last four or five straight years. And I've gotten punished for it because Gore's just been legitimately solid every single year, including a couple massive years when he was just turning 30. So it's just almost like a rule for me. I just avoid over 30 running backs kind of like a principle you know and, and if there's anyone that's gonna buck the trend it's a talent like shady he's obviously an unbelievable guy like you said opportunity share he's that entire backfield there's nobody else even nipping at his heels uh, at least as of right now so yes i mean if mccoy stays healthy all year he's going to far outproduce this he was the rb seven last year uh and you know he would be a first rounder if he stays healthy all year this is just a testament to me saying i am nervous he's gonna get hurt and i never draft over
0: 30 running backs that's what's what this is okay that's fair you got Kenyon drake at 26 i mean there's a talk about a guy who has flown up you know if you compare it to a year yeah. ago uh I, I like this i think Kenyon- he could
1: end up falling though i will say there's new talk that they might trade for cj anderson who played under oh, gase so that just becomes like a, a committee why? of another why? guy why? You know? why would you do it'd that? be horrendous yeah because I think Drake really did flash some some breakaway talent last year. Well, I would love to move him up, but that's uh, why assuming he's kind of they
0: don't pick up somebody like C.J. Anderson, who will just completely stymie his pr- productivity. I like Kenyon Drake as a talent, yeah, and I think absolutely. you have him at about the right spot. Now yeah. you've got Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz pulling up kind of near the rear of tier five. You have them yeah. both substantially higher ranked than the ECR. Uh, yep. Again, you got Josh Gordon and T.Y. Hilton sandwiched between them, and Adam Thielen rounding out that tier. I yep. like what you got with Kelsey and Ertz. You know, yeah. I you know I don't like Ertz, but I mean, it's undeniable how many targets he gets, and and he is mm-hmm. one of the three, you know, elite tight ends in football. And yeah. you got to have. One, I mean, you don't have to have one of these guys, but if you have one of these guys, it is a real legitimate advantage. I learned that having Gronk this year. I had shied away yep. from him in past years. Uh, When you got him on the field, it's like, you know, you win that position pretty much every single time. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you win it by just a shitload. And Kelsey and Ertz both have that same potential. Kelsey, you know, we got Josh Mahomes coming in, Pat Mahomes, sorry, coming in. Uh, You know, who knows? Maybe the sky's the limit for this guy. Maybe this is the year he surpasses Gronk. Yep, absolutely.
1: I think you just bring up the huge point that the edge of having these elite tight ends, you look around at these names, even we're just talking about Shady McCoy, Kenyon Drake, Josh Gordon surrounding him, T.Y. Hilton. There's a lot of uncertainty around those guys. You know exactly what you're going to get with Travis Kelsey. Outside, yes, you mentioned Pat Mahomes is a little bit of a relative unknown, yet I think he's even better than Alex Smith as yeah, a cannon I, arm. Yeah, I think, you know, I
0: think he's going to be an upgrade. I, I do too. So you
1: look at that and then they say, oh, well, you only start one tight end, whereas you start two running backs, so your three receivers, supply, demand, opportunity cost. If you're confident as I am, as you should be as well in terms of your ability to backfill, you, know, you look at these uncertainty guys that are a solid risk to bust as is in the second round tier – you take the certainty of a Kelsey, the upgrade that is at your tight end position as compared to everybody else outside of Gronk, and then you you stir in the ability to backfill, to find these penny stocks. Last year it was Alvin Kamara for us. I know, you know, we with Sheamus last year, I was like, lock up Kelsey, and he remembers me saying, you know, Alvin Kamara, penny stock, get him. That ended up working much better than taking a running back there and then going for that eighth, ninth, tenth round tight end. That never does anything. You're just praying for a touchdown. I'd much rather take the guy that gives you wide receiver one production 8, 9, 10 catch upside with these type of tight ends. Those are weak winners that you just don't find later in the draft with high floors, high ceilings. All you have to do is be able to backfill at the end of the draft and I'm very confident in my ability and anyone who follows Roto Street Journal's ability to, to backfill because I think we really do nail down the penny stocks very well. So I love taking a tight end early. It's clear that you know being 15 spots higher on the ECR, that's a strategy that I totally am all in on. The only counter to that is I think this year there are more tight ends I see with the upside to join those guys uh, than there have been in years past. I could see a guy like Evan Ingram, uh, even Jack Doyle, who we talked about with Bremer last week, with Luck ideally returning, Hunter Henry if Gates leaves. There's certain guys I could really see jumping to that tier, yet you're still hoping for that jump. Whereas we know Ertz, Kelsey, and Gronk are just going to dominate whenever they're on yeah, the Yeah, but team. you
0: see, and I, I know we're, we're arguing the same point, but the point that you just made kind of makes me feel even more confident that – You'd be really well advised to lock one of those guys up. I like Evan Ingram, and that's the next guy that we got after those three, and that's a pretty substantial drop. And then after Ingram, I think we go down maybe thirty spots on the big board until we get to Jack Doyle, Hunter Henry. Those guys, uh, you know, it's like sure, is there a chance those guys one of one of those guys could have a good season and and be like, oh, this this was it was good. I didn't go early on a tight end, maybe, but I mean, I really think that if at all possible. You should try to work one of these three guys into your system uh, yeah, as a fantasy guy. Yeah, I'm actually
1: – one guy I didn't upgrade yet, and I, I do plan to. We have a Norv Turner article coming out uh, tomorrow. But Greg Olson under Norv Turner, Turner's has a a very long and rich history. He had Antonio Gates, so obviously he had a prime talent to work with. But he really loves sending his tight ends vertical down the seams and uh, splitting them out wide and letting them win one-on-one matchups in the red zone. So I could see Greg Olson having a huge rebound. So I'd put him kind of near Evan Ingram. Uh, I'm going to update that. I'm catching that as we're talking right now. Mm. Uh, But even then, again – Olson's 34 coming af- off of brutal injury, far less certain than Kelsey, Ertz, you know, Gronk by by far. So, yeah, the, the drop-off is humongous and it's a humongous edge to gain in so, fantasy.
0: I mean we talk about – all right, we're going to go to tier six. And this I find this an interesting tier that you have because you're yeah. a guy who loves the sex. And yeah. I find this tier for you to be surprisingly unsexy – Especially <laughs> relative to Tier Seven, which is a pretty sexy tier. So we're gonna we'll go Oh tier, tier seven's pure sex. It's it's pure <laughs> sex. They should call we'll call that the sex tier. Uh but anyway, <laughs> uh Tier Six. Uh well Jay Ajay, uh Christian McCaffrey, Jordy Nelson, phew, are you kidding me. Doug Baldwin, Allen Robinson, oh god. Jarvis Landry, who just got franchised, but now I've heard they're talking about trading him, which is an odd uh kind of route to go. And then Marvin yeah, Jones. I mean, there's a lot of question marks in this tier. Like, I, yeah, would, no, I and, would not feel great drafting any of these guys unless, like, you know, I could see if, like, oh, man, I really need a running back. Uh, I haven't taken a running back with my first two picks. Maybe McCaffrey's there. I'm playing PPR. Okay. I, right. can, I could see that. I don't feel great about any of these guys. Right. I, I, Which, is, you know, by the way, I, demonstrates I, I how s- how important it is to nail your first two picks. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. It's absolutely crucial. Uh, And like you mentioned, a lot of these guys are all over the board for the experts, too. You know, I'm 18 higher spots on Nelson, 21 spots higher on Marvin Jones. Uh, But let's start with those two top running backs, Ajayi McCaffrey. I guarantee one of those two, if not both of them, will end up being RB1s by the end of the season. Ajayi with Blunt, potentially a free agent. If he gets removed, you're talking about a powerful back that has a pretty good, versatile skill set that we saw start to explode down the street stretch in this great offense behind an awesome offensive line it's just about the opportunity is he going to be a workhorse or not because if he's a workhorse then like I've already said on this podcast there's a real chance he's this year's Gurley you know it, it was a first round bust that ends up blowing up maybe not to the, way, the extent Gurley did this year I think Gurley's a way better talent but could end up returning first round value as like a second to third rounder this year I can see a definitely being that guy if the opportunity path is a lot clearer Christian McCaffrey I also love because Coming off 100 targets, 80 receptions, led the position in running back targets – third in receptions. The guy absolutely exploded as a receiver, so a lot of people might call for regression, but he gets Norv Turner. Again, we were just talking about I just did a huge breakdown on him. It's dropping tomorrow. By the time this pod drops, it'll be out, so check out the Norv Turner article. Christian McCaffrey goes to a guy who's thrown to his running backs an insane amount. 30% of the targets over Norv Turner's history have gone to the running back, which is an insane amount. To put that into context or perspective, the Saints averaged 31% of their target shares to running backs this year when you look at Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, how much they racked up. That's the the trend for Norv Turner. Every single year he's done that over his career, except once. So McCaffrey's going to again see some huge volume. LaDainian Tomlinson was just on NFL Network uh, raving about how Christian McCaffrey's going to be the centerpiece of this offense. He's going to get outside on zone runs, counters, sweeps that Norv Turner's just great at getting his running backs in space. LT again played for him for so many years in San Diego, so he really understands the guy. He just raved about how he's going to use Christian McCaffrey especially as a receiver so another 80 or so receptions another 100 or so targets are definitely repeatable plus a more beneficial usage in the run game to to play to his strengths a little bit more I can see McCaffrey taking a pretty decent rise up this big board the more and more we learn about Norv
0: and how he's going to use him okay uh, not bad points and I tend to agree with you on McCaffrey I don't think your ranking is out of line because like I mean we saw the receptions there the guy would have uh, you know, yep. essentially, like what we would call like a lousy real game, but he would have 17 fantasy points. I mean, that seemed pretty routine. So I, no. I don't think you're wrong. Jay Ajay, on the other hand, I, I see <clears throat> the talent. I mean, you and I were have you and I have been have bought in on this guy a bunch of different times and been wrong. And I don't <clears throat> doubt the talent. And and your argument's not even a bad argument, except that your argument hinges on is he going to become a workhorse, and I don't think that he is. I don't yeah. know if Blunt is going to leave or not but even if he does I don't see the Eagles as a workhorse backfield team I don't think it's going I don't really think it's going to go there I mean look they, as they were a great team last year we saw them. it was committee 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 right. and they did it well I don't see much of a reason to believe they're going to become a 25-carry a game for one guy yeah. back. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I think your logic mm-hmm. is flawed there, although it's just my opinion. That's the way I see it going.
1: And I, I think there's a very real chance that, like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Early reports say Blunt wants to go back to the Eagles and that they probably want him back, too. He'll go for a discount. So, I mean, Ajayi is— probably the most likely to fall, especially compared to him and McCaffrey right now. It's just more so the hypothetical if he got 20 carries. And we've seen a guy hold up to 20, 25 carries a game with uh, the offense a couple of years ago. He absolutely feasted yeah, he three 200 yard he in three like 200-yard games in a nine-game span. He can absolutely do it. And I, the Eagles didn't trade for him just to have him keep riding pine. But if Blunt's back and they can keep doing what they were doing, they probably will. So he does his values completely up in the air right now. He's far from locked in, uh, similar to Alan Robinson, a free agent who knows where he's going yeah, to land.
0: Why do you see like Robinson so much? Because I, you know, I remember. So last year, uh, Robinson was one of the guys where I was just like, you're crazy. You have him way too high. And and he got hurt. So, I mean, yeah, sure, I was right. Don't don't draft him in the second round. Oh, was he? I hated Robinson last year. Sorry, this old timer does tend to blur the past together a little bit. Yeah, we both hated Robinson last year. Never mind. We both hated him. And that obviously turned out okay. It was
1: injury related. So, you know, you hate to see that. But we both hated him. So, he wasn't on any of my teams. Uh, Two years ago, I loved him and got completely burned. Yeah. Uh, This is more. Just, I, I think he's a dominant talent. I'm excited to see where he lands. I mean, you look at the other receivers around him at this point. Landry, you know, also potentially getting traded. Marvin Jones. Uh, you know, yeah, who knows where he ends up. This is kind of my hopeful. I hope he goes to San Fran, becomes the target hog, extra receiver for Kyle Shanahan, playing alongside Jimmy Garoppolo, who's ascending. That's kind of my dream scenario. there's latest reports are he's probably going to get franchised, and then he's back stuck with Blake Bortles, who just got his extension. So if that's the case... Robinson will probably drop like, you know, a solid fifteen or so to the Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods range. But he again, he's only two years removed from fifteen hundred yards and like fifteen touchdowns. He's got some special talent and size. Who who knows? Who knows where he ends up happens
0: with? I don't know. I, I mean this is one of those this this is one of the things where it's like you put out a big board in February, and it's like we're going to have so much information by the time you actually have to draft Allen Robinson or not. Of course. Uh, you know, I won't spend too much time arguing with you about that. Uh, I guess it all depends where he lands. There's some scenario where this guy could land where I'd be like, oh, this is big time. But I would still be yeah. a little bit scared coming off an injury like that. I, I don't know if I'd be willing to sink a, a pick this high into him unless he just – I'm trying to think where he could land where I would just be like – Wow. Uh, what, what, where would right. you like to see him land? Again, San Fran would be my ideal spot
1: for him. Uh, but the, the early reports do suggest he's probably going to be back with the Jags, which I think is a very unideal now, situation Sir Blake for Blake Bortles
0: just signed a new contract for, you know, 40 million pound sterling, uh, right. you know, in the offseason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three years, $54 you know million. One, what the hell? I, I don't get it. But uh, you know
1: what baffles me even more is What's Marvin Jones' is ranking. Let's talk ranking about Marvin 20- Jones. I'm 21 spots higher than the expert consensus on Marvin Jones, and I don't understand why what people aren't seeing this guy do. I mean, he's the wide receiver 12 from last year, scored one less point than A.J. Green, who you know everybody's always all in on, yet Marvin Jones makes the same type of catches, even though he's a little bit smaller. He goes up and over people, makes these circus catches week in and week out in the end zone down the field, a huge play threat. That is, I think, as good as anyone in contested ball situations along the sidelines. I just absolutely love Marvin Jones. I love the way he's used. I know that Jim Bob Cooter is back, which is great news uh, because he dials him up in very creative ways. You know, Golden Tate's obviously a decent talent that's right there behind him. But Marvin Jones is the wide receiver one there. He had that, you know, two years ago, we were loving him. He blew up for the first three games and then fizzled out. And then last year, we really saw him do it for a very, very consistent stretch pretty much all year obviously he does have those disappearing acts every now and again but what wide receiver doesn't that can't be you know julio jones you want to use the disappearing act argument we've already talked about how often that guy disappears so marvin jones just i, I don't get why he's always so criminally underrated and underappreciated people just must not be watching football because this guy dominates on a week-to-week basis i think he's unbelievable i think he's completely underrated and if he stays at this price he's going to be on every single one
0: of my teams yeah no i was doubt. thinking the same thing uh you know i can understand why people are a little apprehensive you're saying- saying. and you don't understand why my big hang up on him is that I I really I just don't trust Matt Stafford Uh, you know I I just don't think he's that good no I really don't think he's that good Uh, Jones yeah Jones had a great two years ago also he kind of disappeared maybe like two-thirds or halfway through the season for a while yeah but uh yeah last year was surprisingly good it was a bounce back year and honestly I like Jones to be right around where you have him maybe a tiny bit lower, but but nothing worth like arguing about. No, I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't like Stafford. I mean, to me, it was like, you know, that was kind of one of the testaments to how great Calvin Johnson was. Is I I think Matt Stafford's kind of garbage. And I think that almost plays into the point that
1: Jones is the type of guy that like Stafford will be. He's obviously not Calvin Johnson, this historic talent, but that's the same kind of role he plays. Where it's like one on one. I'm going to just chuck it to you and let you go make a play. Jones comes down with those yeah. a lot. So that kind of works out in his favor if Stafford wants to just chuck the rock deep. And I don't hate Stafford I, as a talent. I, I guess I don't see that easy, enough. But, I mean, I, I, if they yeah. started
0: running that more, I would then I would buy in a lot more on Jones. Uh, I, I guess I don't see them doing damage. it enough to really that's like what he, con- that's what convince they do. Me. All they right, use well,
1: him very similarly to how they use Calvin Johnson. Obviously not peppering him as much because he's not a historic talent like Calvin. But he's he he comes down with these plays all the time. I mean, either way, I think we can both agree. 21 spots higher than the expert consensus. He's criminally low right now going in the 60 range. Yeah, that, well, that,
0: that's nuts. That's nuts. If that's you get nuts. a chance to pick this guy up in the fourth round, grab him. I mean, maybe, even, maybe, maybe tail end of the third. We'll see. Tail end of third. Uh, yeah, that's gross. Uh, tier Grabbing, seven. Man. Let's talk about the sex tier. Um, and it's not all sexy, but there's a lot of sex. Uh, yeah, there wasn't a ton of sex like- in tier six. Amari Cooper, I mean, that's a pretty sexy pick. Although, you know, you look at him and I mean, people were picking this guy like 15th last year, 12th. Over uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Which was over, over, Michael, over Michael Crabtree, which was nuts. that I had
1: Cooper below, below DeAndre Hopkins last year. And was like, so obviously, stupid. Hopkins is just way more elite and has done it way longer, you know, like. It doesn't oh, make come sense on, to come some on. people Hop, but. Right,
0: Hopkins is the real deal But anyway They had him blow uh, You know The whole uh, same player Different round argument that, that I really bought into And that's why I ended up having Crabtree On a lot of my teams Yeah Because I got uh, You know A Cooper talent Two rounds later um. Right, exactly. That was the whole NFL talking heads.
1: I remember they came to us with that. Cooper is very high on my board right now. He's you know 10 spots higher than the ECR right now. Mm. There's a report that just came out that I don't love, and it was Gruden saying he really wants to squeeze the best out of Michael Crabtree. Now, my Cooper ranking here was because every other report I had read said you know, Crabtree's going to be a cut casualty. He's due $6.5 million, but zero. It's a zero cap hit if they cut him. So expect him to be gone. So I kind of just had Cooper as the alpha wide receiver one. No Crabtree there. I mean, Crabtree's a really rooted. good
0: receiver. Like, yeah. you know, I would think that if they could keep him, uh, and, uh, you know, and keep their budget in line and keep him, they would want to. I mean, he's— a- Probably a top. And so
1: if they do, if they do, Cooper's going to take a big hit because I could see Crabtree still being that wide receiver one that we've always talked about. All I know is that John Gruden in all, I think it's 11 total years of coaching, every single year he's had a 1,000-yard a receiver. So someone's going to catch a shitload of yardage there. My original guess was Cooper because I thought Crabtree was going to be gone. If Crabtree is returning, this value is going to be in
0: flux for I'm sure. I'm going to tell you someone's something, man. I, I think that if Crabtree returns, and I hope he returns, and I think that they should bring him back – I think that we're going to have a little bit of a return to both of these guys having big seasons. I really do. Uh, I I think they're both going to put it up. I I don't think think. they're both going to like have 1,500-yard seasons, but I think they're both going to have good seasons. I think that they should be in comparable places on the board, maybe Crabtree a little bit higher as soon as he comes back. Obviously, a lot's going to happen between now and February that will give us a little more clarity. Um, But I will ask you one point-blank question that I've asked you before. Um, if you got 20 seconds left in the game and you're like on the 20 and you're throwing in the end zone and you're the Raiders, who you throwing to? It's Crabtree, definitely. Right. Crabtree's like
1: the clutcher NFL. You know, we've seen Cooper. He's kind of a little bit of a head case. He'll have these 210 yard, two yeah. TD days where you're like, this is the most dominant player I've ever seen. And then he'll have 15 drops the next week. And you're just like, what's going on with this guy? And then he has a three week span of just being useless. So he's very inconsistent. The other last point I want to make about Cooper that, I would love to see some reports on is if he's going to get moved to the slot a little bit more. Cause one Gruden's done some complete massive damage with his slot receivers. You know, Tim Brown with the Raiders was just an absolute dominant threat back in the day out of the slot. Very similar to Cooper. Brown actually came out and said, you know, Cooper's going to have over 1500 yards. He's going to get moved to the slot, have like 130 catches. He's predicting a huge season out of Cooper. And this is a guy that understands the season. uh, I mean the system very well. Cooper last year, the one game he played out of the slot, He played 35% of snaps out of the slot during the Chiefs when he had that 11-catch, 210-yard, 2-TD masterpiece. And just dating back to college, has historically pro football focus has a great report on this just dominated whenever he's a slot receiver yet the they, Raiders just have been very reluctant to ever use him there so I'm really hoping to see some reports like Cooper lining up in the slot a lot more you know Gruden going to use him out of all that good stuff if you see that then be ready for a pure Amari Cooper explosion because he is a great slot
0: receiver that's been completely misused lately so we'll see 40 41 42 Carlos Hyde Joe Mixon Alex Collins a trio of running backs uh, why Just all toss ups. Yeah, I mean these are all you know these are guys that you know again I, I don't I mean I, I like Collins probably the best even though you have him yep. slightly below the other guys but you, you don't you're not like gung ho about getting any of these guys I'd say I'd say Mixon you have too high in my opinion I, I I I think Hyde and Collins are worth thinking of around here I wouldn't take Mixon here if he was available except you find yourself in a spot in fantasy drafts in say round four. Where you start getting real nervous about your running back position if you haven't nailed one or two already. And you're like, I got to get somebody. And that's when you snap, at least in my history, when I don't draft well running back wise in the first, that's when I end up snapping up Joe Mixon, who I don't really want. And then he's my RB1 and he sucks ass and like he punches (laughs) someone in the face and like, you know, he's out six games. Um, I get it. You're, you're hoping, okay, this is the Cincinnati workhorse back. If it's a workhorse back, like, you know, he he merits a spot around here. But I don't feel yep. good about it. Carlos Hyde, you actually saying. have eight spots lower than the consensus. Who makes it? No, Hyde, you have at 40. The consensus has him, I think, at 32. And that's just more so I don't know where he's gonna be next year. He's
1: a free agent right now. If he goes back to San Fran and that same Cohen hates him. And he proved he was a decent fit there, he'll he'll go up pretty significantly up into that Jordan Howard, Devonta Freeman, Derek Henry range. Once I know where he's going, if he if that's where he's at. Um but I think that that whole case you just brought up about when you're in round four looking for your RB two or God forsaken your RB one if you want wide receiver heavy, that's a horrible spot to be. And that's why I've always loved and always preached building that stable of running backs early. Two of my first three picks, if not three of my first three picks, are always running back, running back, running back. I I love building that stable of horses. Even last year, when everyone was calling for the the early wide receiver, wide you know, zero RB Remember theory, people were saying
0: no. I mean, my buddy Johnny Goodtimes was was really no advocating RB. the zero RB. Yeah, uh, he. Ugh. Yeah, he. He. By I the way, got his general, ass kicked I think, this year.
1: I think just taking that approach to a draft in general, of like a zero RB or zero wide receiver, whatever, is just stupid. You should never have a locked in. Well, it's set like a in stock mode.
0: portfolio. You don't. You don't abandon any aspect of your portfolio. You want a balanced portfolio. And, and, you know, you're not going to have right, a balanced yeah. portfolio or a balanced team if you don't have any good running backs. I mean, you'd have right. to get lucky, although I will say you counter that a little bit with your penny stock strategy. But that is yep. not to say that you should ignore, like, the blue chippers, the, the guys where you're just like, this guy's going to get me 15 a game. And Absolutely. Carlos Hyde, I'm interested in what something that you said about this guy, because you said, oh, he goes in the right place. You put him up there with Derrick Henry. Really? Yep. You put yeah, Carlos Hyde I, up there I, I, with Derrick Henry, like if where where would he go? Where you'd be like, okay, this guy's like Derrick Henry. I I think if he stays put, and again, that you think also San Francisco? On, if he stays in San Fran. You would put him up there with Derrick Henry, the RB eight last year. I mean, Have the you guy absolutely dominated. Henry? Yeah.
1: I think, you know, it depends. Henry's obviously the interesting case. Is DeMarco still there? Is DeMarco going to be gone? Uh, I do like a lot of what's happening with the Titans right now, LaFleur being their offensive coordinator. Obviously a relatively unknown, but he comes from the Rams who used Todd Gurley as a complete workhorse. So if any of those principles carry over, they get rid of DeMarco. Like There's a ton of ground for Henry to even be a top 10 guy, depending on how this offseason unfolds. So, I mean, again, yes, it's early. we're we're chatting about things that are uncertain the top 20 definitely felt a lot more locked in with you know very few guys that could penetrate that Henry's a guy that could penetrate that top 20 with the the right cards going his way there's a lot of rookies too obviously that are going to potentially work their way in here especially the running back class is so deep this year and and so talented they're saying it rivals last year's absolutely historic class so uh, you know Saquon Barkley or Nick Chubb, depending on where these guys go, and there's some very valuable openings. You know, the, the Browns even have a great line? They, they love a workhorse. Todd Haley does the Giants. Pat Shermer loves his workhorses, and they have a, a complete opening at the top of the draft. There could really be some some interesting rookies that work their way in here. Um, but I would love to see Hyde stay in San Fran. I know we're getting roundabout back to that answer. Uh, we I gotta think get he, Grant
0: Cohn on the show, and, and you know, because we, he, he hates he hates him. <laughs>
1: He hates Carlos Hyde, but I think Hyde showed that he's just a talented running back that can adapt and fit into whatever scheme's thrown at him. You could put him in that system for a second year. I think he just has as good, if not even better, results. The reason I'm lower on Collins, a guy I absolutely love because he was one of the few bright spots on some of my teams last year off the waiver wire. They have, they've already been talking about um, Kenneth Dixon coming back, mm. who I think is also a pretty decent talent. So then you have Buck Allen, who showed pretty well. Then you have Collins, who I think is the best of the bunch. But then if they, they're working in Kenneth Dixon, Woodhead's still there. might be a cut, you know, a cap casualty, they're saying. But still, that's just a crowded mess of a backfield. So I, as much as I love Collins and if I knew he was having the opportunity, he'd rise right up. It doesn't
0: seem like the Raiders are sold on him, especially when they're talking up Kenneth Dixon this much already. You know, just as an aside, also, you know, our buddy Grant Cohn uh, also recently wrote an article saying that Joe Montana was better than Tom Brady, right?
1: Uh, maybe puke. I didn't read it. I didn't feel like wasting that type of brain space on pure garbage.
0: <laughs> okay. I, have,
1: I have other. I have other garbage. To Friend of the brain. podcast,
0: Grant Cohen. Grant, we hope you'll come on and, and defend, oh, I love defend you, your piece, Absolutely. and uh, you know, and, and hear you talk about Carlos Hyde some more too. We're going <laughs> to yeah. talk about some sexy uh, receivers here, potentially sexy, potentially potentially unsexy. Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Cooks, Larry Fitzgerald. Real quick, I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot right here. Those three guys, compare, compare them to women that you would uh, try to pick up in a bar. So it's Alshon, Jeffrey, Brandon Cooks, and Which one, Larry sorry? Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald's clearly like the hot 45-year-old where you're Oh, you yeah. Know. that
1: That's the easiest comparison. You know, we have our bar called Rockefellers out here in Salem, which is where all like the MILFs go. And when you want a MILF, you go there. <laughs> I'm looking for a Larry Fitz type of night there. Rockefellers, fun, still has it, you know, 45. But you're like, damn, you could be 20 if you were – you know, I didn't know your age because of just how dominant you are, just well-built, going to be a good time. You know what you're going to get. Uh, the only reason he's not higher is I don't know who his quarterback is yet. So I guess there is a little bit of uncertainty. Like when you when you undress this this woman, is it gonna be as good as everything's seeming at the bar? But everything feels right. Is everything right? gonna
0: stay in the right places? Like when you exactly. when
1: you take no. <laughs> is something else holding this up but when it comes to Larry Fitzgerald it, he holds himself up I don't think it's, it's going to matter who's that quarterback we had this debate or not even debate this discussion a few weeks ago there's very few guys in the league that are completely quarterback proof Hopkins being one of them Larry Fitz proved last year he's completely quarterback proof again you know Drew Stanton whatever piece of garbage was thrown to him he still had over 110 you know the guy's an absolute machine he's going to dominate again Mike McCoy comes in guy that loves to pepper guys so so Larry Fitz, just that that beautiful mom that you know is going to always have it and just – she's the only reason she's ever going to retire and not do well for herself is because she just doesn't want it anymore. He's going to always be good no matter how great he's on like, – you know, no matter how long he's on the field. And then you got Brandon Cooks, just the complete boomer bust. Uh, Definitely know. hot. Definitely, so sexy at first look, the the sexiest of first looks. Uh, but he not run roots very well, necessarily.
0: This, you know, maybe
1: maybe you know exactly who Brandon Cooks is. I've, I know exactly who
0: Brandon Cooks. Who's is. Brandon it, Cooks?
1: You go out and she's completely smoking. You're just like, oh my god! And then this girl's talking to me. We're hitting it off. It's great. It's fantastic. You even get him back, but then. They're always on their period, quote unquote, every (laughs) single time. You finally get them back and you're like, yes, I can't believe I have Brandon Cooks. He's going to go for 152 TDs. And every now and again, you'll get that just to keep you kind of clinging. But then there'll be two to three weeks where it's up. I'm on my period. You were on your period last week. How are you still on it? Oh, it's just a lot. You know, they always have some sort of little excuse that maybe it's real, but you often think that it's not some sort of something that has them backing out. And you're just like, oh, God, damn." It, again! I fell for Brandon Cooks again. That's kind of that's kind of how I envision Brandon Cooks. Alshon Jeffrey is a little bit similar, but yeah,
0: similar player.
1: S- similar, but not as you know. Maybe not like as hot. Ca- Right. Like he's going to either, like, you know, he's probably going to come through, yeah, not as initially sexy, but going to probably come through more often. Maybe a little more reliable. Push, come to shove, but then also very prone to just being hurt and gone. Like, you know, you have some good run and then suddenly it's just out, it's gone, and you don't ever see it again. Alshon Jeffrey carries more of that risk, whereas Cooks is always going to be there. And he's always going to kind of be part of your mind.
0: I and think, then you just keep you know, nagging away with these little excuses. I think <laughs> the most impressive part about this is that without consulting or anything beforehand – we see these three guys completely the same as females that we would pick up in a right. bar. Like I, when you're like Brandon Cooks, in my head, I was like, Alshon Jeffrey, similar, maybe not quite as hot, a little more reliable. Like, you know, yeah. you count on her a little more, you know, like may, maybe every now and then pays for her own drink. I don't know. Like, right. I don't know. Like, it's funny that we just, we're, we're, we're really tuned in here. Um, we go Absolutely. below them. and This is probably going to be the last tier. Uh, we're going to probably end with the sex tier here. But Evan Ingram, which, you know, we said is uh, your tight end number four, Um, And I don't disagree with you, by the way Although I could see, like you said I could see Olsen under the right circumstances Maybe making a leap But uh, you know, Evan Ingram, he impressed last year On a really bad team, so no argument there And then we got just ultra-sex To end out the tier Which is Deshaun Watson The Wolves' QB1 Mm. Followed by Aaron Rodgers The Wolves' QB2 Not too bad of a Uh, runner-up Talk to me a little bit about these guys yeah, so just
1: one last note on Ingram before we move on to this pure sex, because I'll just get going and not be able to stop myself. Uh, Ingram, he comes with Shermer now, who's the, their offensive coordinator, targeted Rudolph 132 times two seasons ago. He was like third in the league in targets. So there's no problem peppering his tight ends with targets. And Rudolph, who had been a historic bust until then, had a massive year with those 132 targets. Then last year, his numbers went down just a little bit in target share, but eight touchdown explosions still. So just a guy that I think is completely dominant. You get Odell Beckham back to clear up space. Ingram definitely faded down the stretch, but, I mean, he was getting triple teamed. They had nobody to take pressure off him. Eli, all that bullshit was going on. So, I mean, I really like Ingram. I think of anybody – to jump up to like Kelsey range, a thousand and and seven, eight TDs, 80 catches. Ingram's going to be that guy. I'm very, very confident. He's one of my favorites this year. Uh, But Deshaun Watson, number one quarterback. I know that's the the original question here. And that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. In fact, most people probably the wrong way. They're going to say his TD rate was unsustainable. They're going to say he's hurt and coming off a bad injury. I don't see any reason why it was, would be unsustainable. He's got a cannon arm. He's got two great weapons, one elite beyond elite receiver and DeAndre Hopkins, who can just get it done every single week all over the place. The argument, again, Will Fuller's scoring rate was unsustainable. This is a
0: guy with insane speed and a quarterback that can get free. Having Hopkins a few extra play seconds. opposite Fuller, people are, are underestimating that you, I, I you have a guy exactly. that can catch anywhere anytime that yep. that gives you the flexibility to wing one down to your super fast guy cuz what are you going to it's not like it's not like open. Hopkins is like this Jarvis Landry type that's getting 3 yard passes he catches those but really you're looking at like 15 16 yard you can't just give those chunk plays up you no, you, you, you can't you can leave him alone Right, so you're, you're doubling Hopkins most of the time, which leaves Fuller one-on-one.
1: And what whatever you believe about Fuller, I don't think he's that great of a complete receiver. I don't think he's that amazing as a overall talent. But his speed's unparalleled in the NFL, so you get him a one-on-one matchup as frequently as you do with a guy like Deshaun Watson who can just drop it in and if not just drop it in from the pocket, move around and buy Fuller an extra second or three and get him open even more downfield. You, you keep talking about how that scoring rate, not you, but but just experts keep talking about how that scoring rate was unsustainable with Fuller and Watson and how that is bound to come back and regress. I don't see anything from a football standpoint, you know, if that's regressing, then that means Hopkins is more wide open on the other side of the field. It's just such a dangerous, you know, Bill, and Bill O'Brien, I think is a genius coach. He knows exactly how to use these talents and threaten the defense. I, I just think it's all, as long as he's healthy, I don't think what he did last year was a mirage. I think he's an unbelievable talent and as a runner too. I mean, you see him in the open field with some of the vision that this guy has he scores these like 30 40 yard rushing touchdowns just knifing through the defense very talented runner I just love everything about Watson the weapons the system the, the talent himself I don't see any reason why last year it is cause for regression and why it's unsustainable which everyone keeps
0: arguing I don't get it two things I'll say that we can wrap this up on uh first of all it is possible that they could fall short of the scoring that they were putting together last year, and Deshaun Watson could still be the number one fantasy quarterback. 100%. That's how many, that's how many points they were scoring.
1: He was doing 30 a week. It was insane. I had right. him in five out of six leagues, so maybe that's right. just me being biased. I'll admit, I have some bias to well, the Well, it's that you're but, a
0: sex sucker, and this guy was oozing sex out of every orifice. So, But
1: it wasn't fake sex at all. No, there, no, no. This this, was There was nothing like fake about this The sex best sex of your life. So, like I mean, so I, I think
0: it's entirely possible that he doesn't live up to what he was doing last year and still could be the best. I mean, this guy right. adds rushing points. He throws long touchdowns. He throws receptions to guys that can, that can break huge plays. I mean, he he has like one of the best red zone guys or best any zone guys anywhere in Deandre Hopkins yep. um, hasn't gotten much from the running backs. I mean, if he does like look out, you know, I mean, th- yeah. there's a couple guys that could break through there. I, I, And and the other thing I'll just say, if you want to really talk about pure sex, because I know you do, how much would you enjoy getting the Watson Hopkins pig roast going? Uh, Seriously, you got to be kidding me. I I was going to say, I don't usually
1: take quarterbacks early. So this is all kind of moot. I'm probably not going to end up with Watson. But if Hopkins is my first
0: rounder. What if you could get him um, in the fourth round, though?
1: You know, if he's my first rounder, yeah, exactly. I'm probably taking Watson in the fourth round. Because as you talk about, too, all those guys in this pure sex tier, none of them are locks. Like Joe Mixon versus Watson. You tell me I have that pig roast potential with Watson and Hopkins. I'm probably going to line it up. There's a few leagues last year. Uh, where I had I picked up Watson, had Hopkins and Fuller. I picked up Fuller, too. And they were getting me 90 combined every week. It didn't matter. Maybe it was Fuller having more than Hopkins one week. Maybe it was Hopkins blowing up for 25. Watson was getting 25 to 30 every week. Those guys were 70 to 90 points, no matter what, between those three. I would love to get back on that train. And my team absolutely crumbled once I lost Watson. Everything just collapsed on itself.
0: So. I would only – the only reason I wouldn't want you to have that – would be because I would genuinely, and I'm not even kidding. I would genuinely fear that just in anticipation for these games, you would just oh, like jizz in your pants, like and and like before the game even started. And, like once they scored their first touchdown together, I just worry that you would just melt uh, oh, yeah. into just total euphoria a p- puddle of jizz back. yeah
1: no I'm, <laughs> i i i fear for my boxers the ceiling everywhere around me you know th- there'll be jizz everywhere if yeah, i have man, that hookup I, up all year
0: yeah i hear i it's uh, uh, most disgusting. most disgusting good you give it a black light my god good <laughs> good it, disgusting. Right, it looked like a crime scene in there oh my god anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh yeah I, I would view that as the most attractive pig roast uh couple available going into this year So that, that's got to be the best one right because oh, even sure.
1: rogers who's probably most people's number one quarterback oh.
0: like who do you exactly pair that with is
1: it Adams? i mean you, could, you could
0: say or brown but i would way rather have hopkins watson i mean Me so sure. oh, sexy absolutely. so sexy yeah so much sexier 100 yeah. percent. all right with that said we got through uh Seven tiers, including the sex tier, top 48 guys on the big board. We're going to have to roll out of here. Uh, Another great pod, Wolf. Love talking about this stuff.
1: Absolutely. And now I'm looking at the rest of the big board, and I can't wait to talk about the rest of these top 100. Like, we just talked about that. That was the sex tier. But then I look at this next tier of running backs, which is a lot of uncertainty, but they just get me so frigging – you know, I'm just so excited to talk about – Burkhead, Aaron Jones, Tariq Cohen, Dante Foreman—these guys that are a little uncertain right now, but man, there's going to be at least one, if not two, RB1. Like, there's just so much more to talk about. This is this is always fun. This yeah, is this my is my favorite. You know, to, to be <laughs> like continued. <I> said, <laughs> I've been trying to talk about this stuff at the bar with random normal humans, and nobody listens to it. So when I finally get to talk to you, and you're like excited, and you add on your great thoughts too, it's just the best. This—I live for my Monday night forty minutes with the truth, just so I can not be a complete social outcast for a few
0: minutes of yeah. my life. A- anytime, the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> I also enjoy it like crazy, uh, and I can't wait to talk about these next tiers. Uh, you want to talk about social media, where the people can follow you, where they can join the Wolf Pack, the ever-growing Wolf Pack? Absolutely, Wolfpack.
1: absolutely, yeah. And we actually are going to start like a legitimate group called the Wolf Pack soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. If you want to be an early member, uh, we, we'd love to have uh, you guys, you listeners, your faithful, uh, be be the earliest members of our actual Wolf Pack, a forum where you guys can ask, hit, start questions, and all that good stuff. that's coming this off season so I can't wait for that Uh, but if you want to talk to me directly as of right now make sure to reach out on Twitter Roto Street Wolf same thing on Snapchat I am going to get that Instagram going soon as well uh, to just hit all those social medias but you can hit our main social medias at Roto Street Journal on Facebook and Instagram Roto ST Journal on Twitter and Snapchat to hit us up on those we have a great Browns interview coming up I know you talked about the coaching carousel how it's spinning we've had some awesome interviews already and that stuff's Evergreen too. I know a lot of people will be like, "Oh, that was four podcasts ago." But these coaching interviews, when you learn the scheme and system, a lot of this stuff is going to last. That's why we're doing that type of stuff right now. Uh, so make sure you check those out. A great Browns one is going to be coming up this Wednesday to talk about Todd Haley, what he might be bringing to this offense. So we're just going to keep churning the stuff out. If you want to, we're, we're testing out our show pages as well as show notes. That's probably the thing. If I could ask you, you know, social medias are all great, and whatnot, but check out these show notes we've been making. You know, the truth cuts up these awesome video clips. We, we write up you know the highlights. We link the resources we talk about, uh, and it's easy to access. Just go to ffbdpod.com slash whatever episode number it is. So for these show notes, you'd go to ffbdpod.com slash five. You'll find the show notes for this one. If you want to see the show notes for Helfrich, ffbdpod.com slash two takes you right to it. So check out these show notes. Let us know what you think of those. Comment on them all that good stuff just keep interacting i know it's only february but this is the time where wolves are made there's so many important notes that people miss during this time of the off season that end up being the difference between getting that title and not so keep tracking us keep paying attention we, we love to have you this early in the off season.
0: yeah it's fun it's fun that this was going to keep us going sorry the rants are what, what the people tune in for uh, Absolutely. my name is Nat the truth jones and i'm the wolf till next time guys see you later Second effort, third effort, touchdown, oh! That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.